Welcome to episode 11 of the second season of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward, and Daniel McDonald. And we, as ever, are on Podcast Republic SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. We're at LOI Weekly on Twitter, and we're here in association with Independent.ie and Air Sports. And we're all going to build up now to Cork City and Dundalk uh, on Friday night. But we're very, very happy to have Pat Finlan in the studio, and we're going to talk on the phone to Patrick Hoban or Patrick Huben rather, and Jimmy Kyohan, uh, who was among the goals recently. Both of them were, of course. And Pat, uh, you must be very, very much buzzing for the game on Friday night. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, I covered the last game and um, I thought Dundalk on the night were excellent. Um, and both teams are probably at a rebuilding process at the moment. We've seen Cork last week in Daily Mount against Bowes and didn't play well, but dug out a result, which they, they, they've done this season a little bit. So... Plus, over the last couple of seasons, Cork have had a measure of Dundalk on the pitch in the games. and um, But in the game early in the season, I thought Dundalk were excellent. So, but always a difficult place to go, Turner's Cross. Massive crowd, I'd imagine. And, um, you know, do we want to put their marker a little bit? Dundalk, so Cork's record there is fantastic. I don't think you can see the goal yet. Uh, Dundalk don't concede too many goals. So, yeah. maybe it'll be a, it will be a tight game, you would think. Um, and I think, you know... I think Dundalk looks strong to me at the moment. I think they'll get really better as the season goes over. Cork rebuilding, like I said as well. But I fancy Dundalk maybe to, to steal a win. Uh, it's a bit of a recurring theme with lads coming in here. But do you miss being involved on nights like that? And do you have any interest in getting back involved? Because I know you told us there earlier you're not playing ball anymore. But you still would be a young enough manager. Like I miss playing in them games. I miss, I miss, playing, I miss yeah. playing. I don't miss managing. I have to be honest. It's not something that I, I yearn for again. Yeah. Really? No. No. I'd, uh, 14, 15 years of it and uh, really enjoyed it. You know, some great times, some some hard times as well, but that's football. Yeah, but I, I I never miss playing when I stopped managing, but funny enough, I miss playing now that maybe I'm out of the management scene as well because once that's I stopped playing, I went straight into managing. I didn't, I became a player manager at Shells for three games and got sent off and my last one said, right, that's enough. <laughs> but then, I suppose you're engrossed in it as a manager, so you don't really get the time maybe to miss playing, but... I'd like to go back playing now if I could. Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually interesting because obviously people would be aware that you are still doing some work with, with Lee Power at Waterford, having been director of football there till the start of the season. When you were working with Alan Reynolds last year and you're obviously probably watching him go through managing problems, did, did that almost affirm your view that, yeah, I'm happy this isn't me doing some of this? Or did you have any pangs at that point of... He's a, no, not really. Down there, you no, know? I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And still, I still help out Alan at the moment and really enjoying it and... He's a, he's, a, he's, he's a young manager learning the trade and uh, he's done a fantastic job so far. But I enjoyed what I did last year because I was able to help in relation to a lot of the stuff that I would have seen over a period of time um, and tried to take a lot of that away from him and just concentrate on getting the team ready for a Friday night mm. training. Didn't get involved at all on the football side. It took a few sessions for him with, with, with you know training boys when he would have asked. But no, uh, you know, and I think that's the way it's got to work as a director of football. He, he's got to know that wherever he wants, I was there for him to do, helped in relation to recruitment with players, signing the players, all his choices, the way he wanted it. It was all him in relation to football. And uh, But I enjoyed that role that I was able to help a young yeah. manager and say, listen, just concentrate, get the team ready for, for a Friday night or a Saturday night or a midweek game or wherever it is. Let me worry about the stuff going on off the pitch. It's, it's almost lightening the load. Is that effectively? Yeah. Because you've managed in the league at times where you've been doing a lot of stuff that probably isn't beneficial really to your, you know, your Friday night's work, I guess. Yeah, listen, our general well-being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, managing the League of Ireland is difficult. Uh, it's got better probably over a period of time because a lot of the teams have become full-time and, but there's still not that, you know, background help for a lot of managers and that's where it probably helped Alan more so than 
and he pitch related stuff was all his doing. So, but to be able to take a lot of the stuff away from him, I think is important. Um, and a lot of the clubs just don't have the resources to do that in Ireland, unfortunately. And it's not it's it's not there. But um, that was one thing when I spoke to Lee last year that you know it was important that Adam was concentrate on football, getting the team ready to play, which they are on, on a Friday night, which he's proven, and then try to take away the, the the headaches as such that he would have had as you know the day to day stuff. And in, in, and then my role probably got more involved in the club. The general manager left, so it became more that that mm. role. And um, like I said, still still helping out a little bit at the moment. Like considering you know shells and Deportivo on those heights that you reached, and you look at the European games that happened in the summer and say, I really wish I was involved. Or you know, you really don't miss. No, it. I don't. Uh, listen, I think when I just got to the stage where you know I want to take a different role in football, and and I've done that. And you look back, you're great, like you say that. You'll never. It's hard to uh, express what that feeling is to come out in in, in Deportivo, even in the away ground, and and you know know that you're 90 minutes away from the group stage of Champions League, or even. You know, leading Hibs out in the cup final against Celtic, fifty thousand a hand. Look, they're 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 great occasions, but it's something you enjoy, and it's probably now more that I enjoy that I can look back and think, yeah, I did it, and it was brilliant. I don't miss being involved in that end of it, yeah, which a lot of people find peculiar. And and, and I, I have know. to say, I do now. I just because you had so much success and you were at so many good clubs. Yeah, and I think that's probably why. I think uh, you know, I did have a fair bit of success, and I enjoyed it. I managed some great clubs, so. I don't know where it's the case, but I've done it and move on. But I just it's it's the other side of the game now that I'm interested in and and uh you know and, and managing at the moment is difficult as well. I have to be mm. since I started to, to now it's 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 a much changed game, probably like playing. Um, you know, so it is it's not something I miss, I have to be honest. But I enjoy what I'm doing now. Is there something about I mean how the, the end of the rovers job panned out that, that gave you that feeling in some ways? I mean we we put out a thing for questions last night and you know you get a lot of comments back from various fans and a couple of rovers comments, you know. Yeah, so some kind, some not so, not so kind, but it, yeah. one of the questions was like how would you sum up your final six months in the rovers job? Like is there anything about that that, that dampened your enthusiasm for that frontline management as such? Um Maybe there is a little bit. Yeah, frustration is probably how I'd sum up the last six months of it, to be honest. Very frustrated. Um, but listen, it's football and you're always learning. And, you know, it, it just got to the stage after that where I thought, listen, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't need to do it anymore. It's not something I'm enjoying. And that's probably the main thing. You got. I think when you're giving a commitment to people, and the one thing I did as a player and as a manager, I would, I would like to think was I gave it me all. Um, and I think when you get to the stage where you're thinking, it's not, it's not really for me anymore. I think it's time mm. to be honest with people and say, listen, you know, let someone else have a crack. It's a tough thing to do. I mean, I, I, I have huge respect for someone like Mick McCarthy who went straight from, like yourself, almost a former player management or certainly went straight into the job at Millwall and like 26 years on, he's probably not had a break. You know, his longest break has been three months, four months and it drains people, you know, and mm. do you sort of respect people who've gone that far because, you know, it, it is all consuming. Massively. It must be very hard to have a normal life. It is. It. And like I said, it's getting harder. Um, you know, and like you say, to be that long in it. And you look at the likes of Ferguson and Wenger and you think, how did they go so long? It's just, um, the game has evolved and has changed a fair bit. And um, like Mick is, you know, he'd only be gone out the door an hour, I think, and he said he was looking forward to his yeah. next job, you know, which is, you have to commend him on that because he, even though he did a brilliant job at Ipswich, it finished on a sour note for mm. him as such, you know, so... Um, but listen, oh, the other side of my end of it, I, I ran a business for 24 years, I still run it, so it's something that I've got to look at as well and how, how combining that over a period of time, it's difficult to do that when you're being a full-time manager, even yeah. in Scotland, while I was in Scotland, I tried to keep the business going, which I did, so I've probably a different, you know, a different slant on it than maybe, you know, if you look at the industry in England, there is an industry and there is jobs continuously for people, yeah. once they lose them, they're nearly able to get another one, um, whereas here, 
it's uh, it's something that's not a uh, you know you can end up in a job and then end up with a job if you put everything into football well then in Ireland and you, you lose your job well then you're looking for something else so yeah. that's maybe something that's that I've looked at as well and say listen I can still do be involved in football which I love but I've also got a business that I want to try What's to build up again. What's the nature of your business? It's a contract cleaning business and I, you know I'm running it since 1994 so it's yeah. uh, like I said it is it is it is something that needs a bit of time so um, probably made the decision I suppose to step away management a little bit easier as well. I have to ask you how much um, have you been taking in about the Shamrock Rovers situation you know they've obviously they lost three on the bounce in the league probably worse than that they drew at home to Limerick and obviously were beaten at home by Longford last night and you must have some I suppose sympathy for this position that Stephen Bradley's in because you were kind of there yourself yeah listen you've seen management is difficult and it's easy on the outside to be critical and you know I think I think Rovers are at a crossroad to be honest is my honest opinion on it I think you're forever changing the manager you're never going to get that stability that you need. Um, I think it needs change. I don't think it's at manager level, but to be honest, mm. um, you know, and I think they need to have, you know, Shamrock Rovers is one of the biggest clubs in the country. They've got to be, you know, that's got to be the goal is about winning things and trying to get the team to the top. And when I was there, the goal was to get to Europe. And I presume that's still the goal because at this stage, financially, Europe is so big for League of Ireland clubs. Um, and I think that's that is somewhere where, they, but they've got to be, you know, it's 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 the supporters have got to know what the what the what the vision of the club is. It, it seems to be the vision of the club at the moment is producing young players. I don't I, listen. I think most league of Ireland clubs will go down that road because of the way the league has changed. 13s, 15s, 17s, 19. There's going to be a lot of young players coming into league of Ireland clubs. But Shamrock Rovers as a club have got to be a club that's you know is is trying to do that as well, but have to be able to challenge. Well, what the have the club team. done wrong though? That's would entail that it's not the management's, the management's fault that they're not achieving on the pitch because seemingly their wages aren't bad, like they're, they have decent wage structure. Um, Bradley seemed to be able to bring in good players. So why is it not the management's fault and something else at fault that well, they're I think that's, struggling? I think that's a question that has to be asked of, of, of Shamrock Rovers rather mm. than me. I have my opinion on it. And, you know, I'm, I you know, have due respect for for Rovers. I grew up as a Rovers fan, so I'm not going to be overly critical of them. But I think everybody knows where the club is at the moment. That it needs, you know, it needs looking at, and there needs to be a focus on on the, on the first team. There needs to be a focus on the first team. And they've neglected and the that. Do you think? Throw. I don't think they've neg- neglected it. I don't think they've put as much into it as as they possibly could. To be honest, you know, and I think that's something that's got to be addressed for the for the sake of the club. When you say frustrating the last six months, would I would you be talking about maybe your final winter and and maybe not getting some of the targets? you might have wanted to get is that part of what you're alluding to or just no listen you, you always miss out on players that's just the way it is and and you know you would have targeted players that you know you just you couldn't compete maybe with uh, particularly at Dundalk at the time maybe or mm. or one or two others but that's that's football like when I was in a position of managing Bowes and, and, and Shells I'd have been in that end of it where I was able to you know we had you, a budget you to, had be your to, pick yeah, to be able to, yeah. to, to outdo the other clubs so you just got to get on with that I think you know it, it's it's it is a situation that, that, you know, they're in, Rovers in a situation where, you know, they're tour to Ford over the last, I don't know, four or five years, is it maybe since the ascendancy mm, of Dundalk. Not challenging, really. Yeah, probably not challenged to a point. You know, Trevor was there and in fairness to Trevor, he won two trophies there. Mm. You know, he won a League Cup and I think a Satanta, Satanta Cup. Cup and, 2013 it was. Um, yeah. And then I came in and the remit was, was to get to Europe, which we did every year. That was there. Um, you know, Stephen's come in now. Stephen Kenny was there. You know, so... I think it's a diff- it is a difficult job. There's no doubt about that. There is there there's huge expectancy there, but the expectancy has got to be matched 
you know, off the pitch as well as uh, with the punters, mm-hmm. has got to be matched to say, right, where are we going? Are we are we going down the road that we want to go and win a league? Um, you know, are we going to compete at that level? Or is getting to Europe and building the club off the pitch the real... And if it is, let people know that. If that's yeah. what we're trying to do, you know, get to Europe. If we can get to Europe, great. That's what we really want to do. Can we win a trophy along the way? Yeah. In If we're trying to build a club to a point where we've now built it, now we're going to have a right go of trying to catch Dundalk. Fine, let people know that. Like, now, is, it, is it a poison chalice or no? I no, just, I no, just, no, no, no. I just Rovers, can't see why manager after manager, like since Michael O'Neill, has seemingly been deemed a failure, rightly or wrongly. And at the moment, Bradley would be deemed a failure as well, rightly well, or listen, wrongly. Listen, Michael O'Neill left the club after being a success, so why did he leave the club? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, listen, Shamrock Rovers can't be a poison chalice. It's a fabulous job. It's a fabulous club, like I said. It's great stadium. A great stadium, great supporters, you know. Demanding supporters at times, and rightly so because of who they are. But as a poison chalice, now I would never say that. I would say it's a fantastic job, a job I really enjoyed. Uh, probably regret that we did, I didn't win anything that was there. But when I was there, but not. It's definitely, it's definitely a very, very good club. Uh, I suppose Dan, we should just recap on the results as well from last weekend. Yeah. Um, Dundalk and Derry two all draw. There it was a fascinating game. Uh, Watford. Beat my lock of the week, Bray Wanderers, 3-0. Although, to be fair, Bray missed a few very good chances at nil all. Bowes nil, Cork City 2. I'm going to talk to you about that pass very very shortly as well because you have a few interesting views on it. And then Rovers won, Limerick won. Um, I actually could not believe that result when it came through. Sligo nil, Pats nil uh, then on, on uh, Saturday night. And that was uh, kind of a controversial ending to that game. I watched the, I watched the first half of Bowes and Cork. I was actually at Tolka Park, your old stomping ground, Friday night for Go United Shelburne. Um, and then came back and watched the first half of the Bowes game. Um, absolutely run the game the first half, but they were 1-0 down and they lost 2-0. Yeah, it was a funny game because Cork started really well. For 10 minutes, they put Bowes on the back foot, turned them around a lot and got in behind. Both, full, both Bowes full-backs pushed on very high in the game and, and Cork obviously watched the game against Rovers, I, I presume, and scored off one of the ones where uh, you know they, they got in behind him and came back out and crossed into the box, you know, eluded a few players and went in. But from that 10, 12 minutes, Bowes bust the game and were really, really good. The only thing you'll say about it was, even how good they were, a lot of it was... You know, Cork defended deep mm. and a lot of it was in front of them, you know, and it's difficult to get behind Cork, particularly when their back four is, is so so deep. Fullbacks didn't press on too much. But Bowes had chances from probably 18, 20, 25 yards shots, but some great interlink, some great play, some great shots on goal. Just couldn't get that breakthrough. And funny enough, the second half started fairly evenly and Bowes had a great chance um, through Stokes. He tried to he went through on the left, he tried to bring it back onto his right foot and, and Cork nicked the ball, went up the pitch, went over a throw inside, took a quick, and it was 2 0. And it was, and it, it, I think once you get to 2 0 with Cork, it's very, very difficult to break them down. And there, there was something in that game, Dan, that I thought I hadn't seen even at Dundalk. It was like Watts, not only his passing, but getting the ball under pressure in midfield and immediately just taking players on. Something you don't really see from a midfielder. He's just, I was amazed by his performance. It was the best yeah, I've seen lo- from a long a long time by a player of, of that youth, I suppose. Yeah, he looks very comfortable. I still, actually still haven't seen him play in the, in the flesh, so I'm going off the TV stuff. But I mean, we did mention last week, I think Keith Fatty was complimentary about him and almost said he reminded him of him in some ways and how he drives on with the ball sometimes and he's, he's positive. Um, yeah, like, uh, the strange thing is, though, like, there's a lot of platitudes and compliments for this bow side and they're sitting there with this record of, of three wins, two of them against Rovers. And 
I mean, I think they're going to be fine. Like, I, I can't see any reason why they won't be fine. But, I mean, there still is a playoff place at least there for someone. Okay, you'd imagine Bray and Limerick are, are going to struggle. But they, they need to get going. And I, I don't know, Pat. Like, if, if, if you're just not getting results, even if you're playing well, then there will come a patch where you're not playing that well, you know, and, and all of a sudden the season can run away from you, from you a bit. So it, I think they're the con- in a difficult position in some ways. The concern for Keith will be that they've played, they, they're not creating loads of chances and they don't have an out-and-out centre-forward. Uh, Dinny obviously hasn't played a lot this year. He probably is the one that could fill that role for them because Stokes looks like a player who wants to drift and play a little bit wider at times and even come in and play as a 10. And they have a lot of players in that position and that's where they dominated the game last week is that central area award coming in off the left-hand side as well and young Grant gave them width on, on the right-hand side and loads of pace. Um, but you would think you would think Bowles will have enough. I think they need to get Dinny fit. I think Dinny's a, a big player for them because he gives them that little bit of a target as well to be able to play. At the moment, they haven't to play the way they're playing because they can't, which is probably not a bad thing. Yeah. It, it, they don't have a ball to be able to go up to a striker early where you look at Cork and even Dundalk with Huben, they're able to get it into him at There's times. change with yeah, them now, Cork yeah. can do that as well. And, you know, and even speaking to Alan War, if they can do that with Akinade, and, yeah. you know, so it, if teams nullify it in that regard to stop you playing, well, then you have to have a different out ball. And I think Bowe's concern will, like, will you be... And Keith's uh, attitude after the Rovers game was spot on. What he said to him is, you can't define yourself by beating Rovers. You can't beat them twice and then not perform. And in fairness, I watched a bit of the game against Derry. They played well. They were a little bit unlucky in Derry not to take something out of the game. Late on, Derry were strong. Um, Cork, they'll think, yeah, we probably could have nicked the point. But like you say, you can't keep saying that and keep mm. saying it because eventually it will wear on the players. Um, but they've got some really, really talented young players at the moment. What, what do you make of Cork? I mean, Johnny managed to wind up our, our Cork listeners last week by saying, I think, what was the line? They're doing a disservice to football with their, uh, with their style of play. Now, they're, they're still winning a lot of games. Um, and I don't know, you've been involved in teams that have won leagues. And mm. do you care if there's criticism from outside I, about how you play once you're, you're doing a, an efficient I job? I don't think as a manager. I think, I think we're Cork at the moment... And I said it last week, it's unusual for a team that's done the double last year to have so many changes, particularly defensively. I think the whole back four last week was yeah. was new. Um, I know Bennett is injured, so that's a f- and he is a loss to them. Um, there's no doubt about that. But they're getting to the time where they're going to have to replace him. And at the moment, the two young centre-halves, McLaughlin and uh, young Conor McCarthy, have done quite well. Um, I think Cork are in a little bit of transition, whether they're trying to, f- you know, I don't have a problem because... Football's played every different way, and if it was played one way, nobody would watch it. So you have to have different different ways of playing. Um, and if Cork's way of playing is what's been successful for them for the last few seasons, I change. Yeah, yeah and, and maybe they're caught in that little. Do we change a little bit, or do we do we stick to what we are? And uh, you know, because look, you're looking at the game, and John will know. We know you need that. They didn't play well last week against Bowes, but they won the game. Everybody says Bowes played really well, but lost. So what's most important? Yeah, you know, most yeah. important is at the end of the day is three points because if Cork end up winning the league again, you know, then things don't matter. The Bowes end up in trouble. It won't be, you know, it doesn't really matter how you play. You've ended up in trouble. So it's, it's, I think it's finding a way that suits the players you have. That, that's, that, that's, the, that's the, the thing though. though. That's though. the point. Yeah. Is, is it, you know, is it because they're, they're bypassing the midfield pretty much at the moment for the three lads up front and it's effective because the three lads up front are so good. It was a bit like uh, Liverpool and Roma last night. It was like, Graham Soonis, I think, was saying your midfield is not great, but basically win the ball and just play it to yeah. the top three, and then you'll be fine. Um, but with Cork, they've like 
I have never seen a team that was so um, subservient to the first half to a team struggling midfield. They were really out of the game. Like, and whether it was almost like it was by design. But I'm wondering now, do the players have it in their head? Well, we're kind of being coached to bypass midfield, even though you have a player like Garrod Morrissey, and it just seems strange to me. So, I don't know. Listen, I think there's times, if you take the game last night, you're talking about Liverpool, where did the goals come from? And people say, it's not a long ball, it's a long pass. Mm. Roma pushed up the pitch. Why try to play Exploit the space. Yeah, yeah. spacing behind. We've got mm. three of the quickest boys you've got, so why not mm. get them on? And, and Cork might think the same. Listen, let's get the ball forward and play in the other half. That's where our better players are. Let's go and do that. And like I said, it, it's different for everybody. Everybody has different ways of playing. And John might think what he has at the moment suits the team he has. Dundalk play a different type of game. But Dundalk are well able to go to who win early as well and play off them because they've got real attacking intent in their team. And it's a change for them as well this year because they've changed their system a little bit. They're now nearly playing with two midfielders and, and a man in, in the number 10 position, as mm. they like to call it, where previously they've played with one hole in midfielder and legs either side of him, but they always had a threat with Tell, Ronan and Finn going forward. So, listen, you've got, to, you've got to cut your cloth, wherever team you have. And even going back to Alan at Waterford, looking at it, and in fairness to him, he identified the start of the season. He said to me that, listen, we've got so many good midfield players I want to play with a diamond. I said, well, if that's what you think, go and play with a diamond because they can all play and he gets them all into the mm. team. We had wingers and Daly and Sander Pury and Dean O'Halloran who've probably suffered because of that, but he has his best players in the team. He's able to play two up front. The four midfielders are all very good players. Paul Keegan sitting and allows the likes yeah. of Obora and, you know, uh, Heary and Houlihan get on and play. You know, so it's... It's what suits. It's what you have. Yeah, that's interesting. I think because I think Alan's commitment to his system is really interesting. The two strikers and the first half of the Cork game, it's almost an easy thing to say when things aren't when you're behind the half time, and then everyone almost is programming into thinking, oh, they need a bit of width and something, <laughs> you know, something's going wrong. But actually, the players just played better in the second half. I know Akinadi and gave a bit more of an outlet and so on, but sometimes it's about your commitment to your system and it's working for yeah, them and that- stick with it rather than panicking maybe after one. Yeah, or, listen, or listening to outside saying yeah. you don't play enough football you need to pass it more you need to do this or you play too much football you've you got to stick you know this is what I've brought into the club this is the way I want to play I'm going to stick to it listen it's been a huge success for Cork mm. you know, the way they play it I know I think they're a little I think it's a little bit overcritical of them I think last week they didn't play and I think Bowes were so good with the ball probably highlighted a little bit more but it's been successful for them. They've won a double. You know, the next step for Dundalk for me is to probably try progress in Europe. Will for that type, or sorry for Cork, yeah, will the, that football bring you to a level in Europe? That's where, the point, Pat. Though, is mm. it not? Because I'm not saying like they might win the league this season, but they were found out a bit in Europe last season against the Cypriot side because weren't that great, really. Like, yeah, but down there. If you if you play Bowes and if Bowes can play the ball around so much like they did Friday, how do you expect to be the decent team in Europe? Well, well, listen, when you compete, when you go to Europe at that, well, that level, was Sean Maguire as well, and you can't keep the ball, that you know they wear you down, like you say. Mm. You, whereas in this league, they're probably able to maintain, you know, the level, the level of fitness over most of the teams where you get to that level in Europe, where it is difficult when you're chasing the ball for a long period of time, like it used to happen years ago when we were part time and we, we were playing in the winter. You'd get to 50, 60 minutes and you were Zip, gone, zipped, yeah, yeah, because they had to chase the ball so much. And I think Dundalk probably shown that in Europe that, you know, they're well able to handle the ball. You know, they, they keep possession of the ball, so it means they're always in the game. And even if you look at the late goals that they scored in Europe they when they want that well, fantastic yeah. run, you know, showed that they were always in games late on. A fitness level for Dundalk is fantastic, in fairness to them. And Cork are a fit side as well. So, 
it, it, it probably getting to that level, taking her on to the next level is probably where Cork are looking at at the moment. But in relation to domestically, it's, it, you can't criticise for the you can't criticise team yeah. for me. That's one of double. You they just do, can't. It's not just, they haven't been playing well, well the last while. That's the funny thing, and they're still winning. I, I just, but <laughs> no. I, I think in a, in a way, like has John tried to address that by signing a player like McNamee, and and then. And you've sadly are there. And like last year, right, they had Dooley, Maguire, Shepard, and it was really energy to get the ball forward, but they were really energetic up there. They keep it up there. Sometimes you look at them now, and it's sadly on one side, and McNamee has played on the right. Okay, Cummins is suited by this. But there's not that fluidity that they had last year. You know, that I think he's still trying to figure out what to do with these players at times. It's a lot yeah. of changes. Like I said at the start, it's a lot of changes for a team that won the double. Mm. Surprisingly so. They brought in... But the other side is they brought in some a lot of young players which probably didn't have over a period of time where they now they've got a few in the team and that takes time as well to bed them into the team. McNamee is an interesting one for because he is a very, very good footballer. Really, really good player. Um and the game in Oreo where I, I think he left him out of the team. Yeah. And and I'm looking at thinking this is a game where you'd like to see him play maybe in that Ten behind a striker, but he left him out of the team. He went with the three strong boys in the middle. I think McCormick ended up getting taken off early in the game. Yeah. Missed, missed best chance. He did, yeah. He missed the best chance through on his own. But he is a very, very good player, and maybe fitting him into that system is taking a little bit of time. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it sets it up brilliantly for a Friday, really, because the Dock are going to be confident they'll win, but Cork will be looking at the table and saying, "What are we to fear here?" Yeah. But um, it's going to be a cracking game. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, we'll, we'll, I think we've got a couple of guests to discuss it now. This definitely leads us on very nicely, I think, to Friday night. Um, what a fascinating game it's going to be. And when the, these teams clashed earlier in the season, Patrick Hoban was phenomenally good up front for Dundalk. Patrick, what was it like um, being back in the cauldron like that, I suppose, after a frustrating spell uh, in English football? Um, yeah, it was, you know, it was obviously coming back was the frustrating part. Um, part of my life, you know, in terms of... Um, Football in terms, but coming back in the start, I got in the league and obviously scoring against Cork the last time was, you know, it was a big lift for me. And, you know, I think it was a big lift for the team as well because I didn't beat Cork in a while. So, um, yeah, you know, being Cork is always good. You know, they're one of the best teams in the league. And, um, you know, Friday night won't be any different. It'll be a tough game again, I'm sure. Yeah, I've obviously been corrected here by Dan because I should call you Huben, um, even though I'm from Galway. I'm not familiar with the the Huben name around Galway, so you'll have to apologise. Uh, uh, it's more, it's more in the east. Yeah, I, I'm northeast, you're southeast, so maybe it's something like that. But um, how have things been since? You know, you started off sluggishly. The, the draw against Bray um, obviously was a slow start. Then drew against Rovers, but fairly steamrolling teams since until you drew two all against Derry on Friday. Um, yeah, you know, at the start, you know, there's. We've a lot of new players in the squad, you know, including myself. I have to get used to to lads around me as well. You know, there's a lot of new players in the club, and I just thought it took us a while to gel fully. And I think, you know, I still think we've a bit to go. Um, you know, we have been doing well in recent weeks in terms of results and stuff. But I still think we've a bit to go in terms of getting the best out of um of the side we have. And um, I think that that is coming slowly but surely. But um, the squad we have is very good in there and um, we're all pushing each other every day and um, I think you know there's a lot more in us uh, you know the draw against Derry wasn't you know the, you know if if you watch the first half an hour we should have been out of sight but you know that's what happens in football if you give other teams incentives by conceding sloppy goals then um, you get punished and um, that's what happened on 
on uh, against Derry on Friday. So um, you know we have to correct that, correct the mistakes. We've only conceded what three goals in was eleven or twelve games. So you know that's that's a that's a massive plus too. You know we're defending really well, um, but I still think we've uh, we, there's a lot more in us um, in the next coming months. Yeah, I mean, Patrick, a couple of us spoke to you after the Bray game recently and we, we spoke a bit about your time across the water. And, and the one thing I was struck by when I look back at the stats was, like in the, the previous couple of seasons, how few times you'd played 90 minutes. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd been in and out, you'd a few injuries, whatever. Like, how much are you enjoying back now, pretty much playing, you know, from the start and, and seeing out a lot of these games and just being involved in a regular run of games? Because it was something you definitely didn't have Towards the tail end of your time in the in the UK, and that must have been, you know, you know, dreadfully frustrating. Yeah, it was. You know, it's, you know, that's just the way it is over there. You know, you get, you might get a game or two, and you know, if if you have one bad game, you might not see the next five games, and that's just the way it is over there. At least over here, you know, with with Stephen, I think Stephen having a lot of faith in me. Um, just, just have Stephen Kenny just having a lot of faith in me. knows knows my capabilities, and um, you know if I don't score in one game, he doesn't see me. That's not me having a bad game just because I didn't score. It's just, it's just just the way it is. You can't score in every game. If you did, you'd be in the brackets of Messi and Ronaldo. So, um, uh, you know, just in the UK, frustratingly, just just I never got just never got a run of things, and it was just frustrating personally and. You know that's behind me now. I just think coming back home and playing, you know, with a smile on my face and um, just loving training every day as well. And you know, all all that, all that, all that is a you know a good signs of of um, me performing well and things to come. You know, and and just it's just good to be home. To be honest, um, especially with the experience I had last year with injuries and new manager coming in and not playing from. I think I featured about four times from Jan, like January, until I played my first game against Shamrock Rovers. Like so, um, that was a that was a very uh, frustrating period in my career. But you know, it's all behind me now, and I think it's made me stronger. And hopefully, I can stay injury free, and that's the main thing. Patrick, how are you doing? It's Pat Fenland here. How are you, Pat? I'm good. Yourself? <laughs> Not too bad. Um, I just uh, it was interesting because I did a game on the TV that night uh, against Cork, and just because there's been a lot of changes to to, and I think there's a little change to your system as well up there. With I don't know whether it, you know, looks like maybe two hole of midfielders where you, you know when you had the likes of Tell and Finn and that they, you know, there are a lot of players getting forward from midfield, but a little change to the system and obviously Stevie O'Donnell being out of team I think you know getting Stevie back will be a big plus for you as well I know he's back in playing now but it was very noticeable at the end of the game as well that how, how much you celebrated so early in the season beating Cork um, you know so there's obviously that feeling there that they've, they've, they've taken your crown a little bit but has, is the fact there's so many players and a little change to the system has probably taken a little bit of time to, for everyone to settle? Um, you know I think we've, we've had what 12, 12 new signings in in the squad, I think in 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 the off season and like you know that that takes time to gel um, sure. in any club. Um, and I think that's been a massive part. Um, you know the big celebration for the Cork game. I think that was more to the fact that the lads haven't been Cork in a while, and you know there was a lot of things said between the two sides and on the Cork side, and we were really fired up for the game, and you know they kind of fueled our fire a bit, and. Um, and you know, I was well up for it. The lads were up for it, and just you know, 
we could have, we should have we should have won. Everyone saw the game. We should have won a lot more convincingly why we did. But you know, I thought on the night we were the lot better side. And uh, you know, there's a lot of talk since I've been away. And you know, I I don't think I've ever lost a cork. And uh, long may that continue. Well, actually, that brings us on to our final question. Then, so Friday night, um, you're playing against the double champions. You're probably playing against the new central back pair, and compared to the last time you played against them, um, what are your thoughts on the game in general? And are you going to win? Well, you know, we're, the thing playing for Stephen for Stephen Kenny is that we approach every game to win. There's no game we approach in a way where we're going to try and get, nick a result or, or or draw or anything like that. So. Um, you know, we're, we're going in it to win it, um, like we do every other game. Um, you know, it will be a tough game. Cork are playing really well. You know, we're level on points with them, so like the table doesn't lie. So, you know, they're going well, we're going well. So it should be a good, you know, spectacle on Friday night. And um, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Um, you know, we've we've had well last time against them, so hopefully we can just turn up and play really well again and come out with three points. And it is Hooban, not Hoban. <laughs> yeah, Hooban, not Hoban, yeah. Even though a lot of people might in Galway might might disagree, but from my neck of the woods it's Hooban. Yeah, we've a lot of um Staunton is Stanton in Galway where I'm from, <laughs> so you know, there's a lot of uh, mad names on there. Patrick, great to talk to you and best of luck for the rest of the season. Cheers. Thanks very much. Cheers, man. Straight from one interview into another, which is a bit of a first chair in LY Weekly, but why not? Okay. We're joined by uh, Jimmy Kyohan. Jimmy, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm great. Uh, yeah, that's sorry, interrupting you already. Um, I was down in Turner's Cross lately. You got the winner against Sligo, um, and then held your place against Bowes. So you must be delighted to be back in the fold, anyway. Yeah, um, absolutely delighted. Like, um, obviously, we've got a, a very competitive squad, and um, after not not being in the team for a few games, like you, you just gotta come off the the bench and try as much, uh, make as much as a uh, impact as you. As you can, and luckily I got a I got a winner against Sligo, so I'm happy with that. And then um, uh, obviously starting against Bohemians, we got a good result there as well. So it's, yeah, it's all going well. But the big question is, are you actually playing well at the moment? Um, I I don't I I know there's there's a, a lot of potential in the group. Um, I think look, we we know ourselves our our performance haven't haven't been um quite as fluid as we we would have liked but um i, th- I think we're the good sign is that we're we're picking up points like we're we're well up there we're level on points at dundalk um going into this this weekend um so like i think i think that's a that's a positive in itself um even though we know ourselves like there's there's a lot more in the group um and we, we we've just gotta like keep working hard and like like that that's what we base our game on is working hard and um I think obviously look the the free flowing field performances could could come within a few games like yeah, yeah. I mean J- Jimmy we we just spoke to Patrick Hubin there and we we spoke a bit about the celebrations after Dundalk's win in Oriel Park earlier in the season and I I guess you guys would have noticed that and in a certain way it's a compliment you know it showed how much it meant to beat you but Sort of, how would you sum up that night for Cork? And and I mean, I guess it's easy to say you're going to be pretty fired up on Friday in response, but the rivalry that there is because um, you know they they celebrated like it really meant a lot that night, and I'm sure you noted that. Yeah, um, obviously the the rivalry has um, it's 
it's grown in recent years um, because the two teams have been up there competing for for silverware and every time um, the two teams meet um, we know that look we're going to get a very competitive game against um, Dundalk um, and obviously the last day I think we were we were a little little bit below par but um, I think there's there's always it's uh, a big performance in us and it's it's easy to get get ourselves up for a game like uh, against Dundalk. Yeah, I mean I think your manager suggested afterwards that there was a few factors. I mean the, the crowd he felt were very influential in that game. Um, would you like to almost reverse that this Friday? I assume it's going to be a full house. And I mean, the dog did succeed. It seemed in sort of unsettling you that night. Are you trying to almost try and have the reverse impact and, and give them a taste of that? Yeah, absolutely. Like there's going to be there's going to be a massive crowd there on on Friday, and like we we know um, that uh, the crowd can be a factor at times. And like our home record has been. It's it's been very good this um this season. Um and that is that that's down to like um starting well and getting the crowd behind us early. Um I think I think look it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great atmosphere on um on Friday and we're we're all really looking forward to it. Jimmy, how are you doing? It's Pat Fenlon here. Hi Pat. It's it just a question on it and it's it's a bit similar to Dundalk because I spoke about this on the TV on Friday, the court yeah. game that both sides have introduced a lot of new players to uh, to their squads, uh, and in Cork's case, probably for a while, uh, a fair few young players. So I'm yeah. just wondering how they set that, and particularly in that centre half position where it's really key. And Alan Bennett's obviously been such a big player for Cork; that he's been out a long time now. I think, yeah. I think since the Dundalk game, actually got injured the day before in training. So I'm just wondering how they have settled down, and because it is a big club to play for and demanding, obviously, and big crowds. So wondering how yeah. the young lads have settled into it. Yeah, um absolutely. Like they've they've come in and they've they've done really well. Um the two lads they're just like they're level headed guys and just like being in the team they, they they know what's required of them, they know the standards to meet and um John's constantly reminding them of that and since they come in they've been very, very good, they've been solid and like just just doing the basics really well, which is when you want a young player coming in, that's what you just be a defender. You, you want to see, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in fairness to in fairness to young um, McCarthy, he can uh, or Sean McLaughlin rather, he can pass the ball as well. Yeah, um, Sean, he, he's he's very good with his feet as well. Like he he's got a, a very nice left foot. Like he's he's quite composed on the ball, which is which is a very big plus for a centre half. Um, uh, especially when you when you want to try and play out, and then you can he can mix up as well. Like he's strong in the air, and he's um, he's good playing forward. And just on that, we talked earlier on about styles of play, and um, you talked about you know done, uh, Cork's record to have that many young players and to change your back four so much from a double winner team and to be conceding so few goals. I don't think any at home in the league. You know, they have yeah. to be given great credit for that as well. That's that's difficult to do. You know, it, cornerstone of winning things is making sure you don't concede too many goals and obviously being prolific at the other end. So I think yeah. that's been overlooked a little bit as well for them that they, they've come into a team with, you know, Bennett missing, but two young centre-halves and being able to perform to the level that they are performing. Jimmy, your last two games, you had you Griffin from last year, left back and an entirely different back four otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well, like, um, Cullum's come in the last few games, like the... 
the last three games and then he's done done really well as well. Um like it's I, I suppose what you said there, the point you made about um just you've got to be, first and foremost you want to be solid at the back and I think over the last week we, we have shown that like we we've I think we won two one nil games and then a two nil. Like it's not exactly um uh resounding wins like um going you've out conceded and very few teams, chances on you've conceded very yeah. few chances in the three games. Yeah and look that's that's what we base our game in is being hard to beat um and then going out from there and possibly like nicking a goal um here and there and taking our chances when they come. Yeah but just on Friday I mean to 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 kind of borrow a phrase, you were kind of hammered one nil at Oriel earlier in the season. You must you must be kind of keen to set the record straight a bit that you can actually put it up to Dundalk, which you didn't at Oriel, I would argue. Yeah, um, I, I look up there. I don't think we re- really laid a glove on them like we were, um, we were very under par. But um, I think look, it's it's another game um, which we're we're really looking forward to. It's the next game now, and I know um, look over the last few seasons Cork have um been very hard to beat against Dundalk and that's that's what we've uh, we've we've got to look to just be hard to be and be solid and then I suppose take the game to them. And does the word Patrick Reed mean anything to you? Patrick Reed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I believe there was a certain sweep at Cork City that uh, went your way. Yes, there was. Um we had the, the master sweet stake and um uh, luckily pulled um, Patrick Reed out of the hat so it was a nice nice little win he, li- he likes to golf Dan I believe you like an old golf I do yeah, yeah yeah. I, li- I like a bit of golf yeah, yeah. Dan I'd be a fan of the golf as well did yeah, you back so, Patrick Reed you backed oh god what did I who did I do in that um, it ended in tears anyway mm. uh, Mark Leishman yeah he gave it a yeah, go I had uh, Mark Leishman as well yeah he gave it a go how many did you yeah. actually have on your side like <laughs> Oh, I only I only had the couple. I had Leishman and and Reed, but I sounds a little bit suspicious. <laughs> but listen, yeah. we we hope you're uh, we hope you're in action Friday night. Um, ah, yeah, yeah, and uh, great to talk to you. And um, we might have you on the show sometime. Talk about your Kilkenny links. wasn't I wasn't actually aware you'd you, you, you went to the same uh, you were in the same class as Shawnee Maguire. Is that right? No, not the, the my brother was in the same same I year. As I was I was a couple of years ahead. Uh, well listen great to talk to you Jimmy and um, as I say best of luck again on Friday at the cross yeah thanks a lot nice to talk to you cheers Jimmy very laid back individual Dan I'd say Oh yeah, he seems pretty chilled. He's obviously got the Patrick Reed money. There, <laughs> well, he, he's a different character to Patrick Reed. I would have, I would uh, wager. I, 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 I read on Patrick so. Reed. Do you like the golf pass? I'd watch it. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be. Same. Laying any money on it now, but I'd watch yeah. it. Yeah, I like watching it. Yeah. What about the horses punch down today? Make me and Anthony. Yeah, I like like horse racing. Um, yeah, I do. Um, I won't get there. I normally get to Leperstown around Christmas and that maybe fairy house the odd time. But uh, no, I like the horse racing. Yeah. Lee Power certainly likes the horses anyway, doesn't he? Does, he? Yeah, Lee's a big interest in the horses. <laughs> He'd be yeah. partial to big, an odd bet, yeah, would he? Big, big interest in the horse racing. Yeah, he's got a few horses himself. Yeah. How are you enjoying that work with Lee now? I know it's probably it's an element of a, an evolving thing at this stage, but. The fact that you've obviously struck up a good partnership with him. I mean, I know you played with him going back in the day, but there must be something about working with him that you like, that you're, you're now dedicating more time to it. Yeah, like. it's a different side of the game. Like I said, I, I enjoy doing it. I've, you know, I've done a fair bit of travelling the last, you know, since probably um, the last three or four weeks. I've seen a lot of games in England. I've, I've been, I've spent a couple of days with Brendan Rodgers at Celtic. So doing a lot of that stuff. And it's interesting to see, you know, how clubs work on off the pitch and on the pitch, obviously, as well. So 
Um, and look, he's he's got a few projects going at the moment. Lee, that you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to help him with. So it is, it's it's very interesting. And again, you're learning. You know, it's a different side of football. Yeah. Um, and probably when I went to Scotland, it was it was a side that I, I seen. I think, wow, this is you know completely different to the way the game is. Just the off the pitch, just massively different. Mass everything mm. is. And that's what I'm saying about it, the manager. The manager's there to manage and coach the team. You know, in, and but unfortunately here it's there's a lot more to do than, than probably should be for a manager. Well, what was the purpose of the Rogers thing that you were? Sort of well, I just went to have a look. Um, obviously, I, I went to watch a few games in Scotland, um, just having a look at some players, um, mm. keeping water for the mind, and and obviously uh, Lee's other other clubs winning. So um, and I just got in touch with we actually got in touch with Lee Griffiths just to, to say to see could I come in, and he was brilliant with me, Brennan and Ferns. He gave me he gave me you know plenty of time and. Now both on and off the park, so it's good to see how he works. Very, just to very see how he works day to day. Yeah, just to see what they're doing day to day and how he works and what his plan is, and it's uh, very interesting. And you can see why he's been so successful there. He's a lot of good players, obviously, but you know, attention to detail was fabulous. Lee's, Lee's someone you would have played a part in his career. Uh, Lee Griffiths, that is, that is sort of a, a volatile time, shall we say? But he's yeah, he, listen, he, he's got there. The thing about Lee was he, you know, as as a young boy, there's a few daft things like most young boys do, but. Um, as a player, talent is, is is frightening. When I had him at Hibs, he was really young, but serious, serious player, fantastic player, great in the air for a little lad, great, fantastic left foot, great finisher, both off, off both feet, and just wanted to try and play. Mm. That was the one thing with Lee, where you know sometimes you get lads who are a little bit off the pitch and they don't want to do the work, but he was he just wanted to be couldn't get him in off the training ground. He just so, wanted to play because I think I think at one point you spoke about say, the, the players you'd worked with and. Uh, I see Wes Hulhan's got a testimonial mm. from Norwich now and 10 years uh, ten years there. Would would they be in the same bracket, Wes and Lee? Would they be the players you might think of of talents? That you yeah, I suppose different types of players. Lee is just out-and-out goal scorer. Yeah. Um, developed his game, I think, over the last few years since he's gone to Celtic and brought him on as more um, that he can play in it, it, more of a target man on his own. Where I had him at Hibs, we played him at Owen Doyle a lot and Owen did a lot of the dirty work as such, but Lee was just a finisher and you not always knew when you had him, you were in games, you know, if you stayed in the game, you knew he'd get a chance that he, he'd more than likely take yeah. it. Where Wes, I was just different. Wesley was one of them players that, um, when I had him, we probably played him, we played him wide on the right a little bit more where he was able to come inside. He didn't play as a wide, man. he was able to come inside and find them little areas and use the ball really well. So, ability-wise, yeah, two two fantastic players. He put Joseph and Doe on that bracket as well where mm. just natural ability and strength and both three of them really strong players as well not the biggest but really really physically strong and well able to manage the ball but real talents did Wes take coaching did he need coaching you know? no he, 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 um, I think with players like that you've got to find a little way of not over coaching them um, you know because you, can, you want to fit them into a system obviously and they have to play the way your team wants to play but you can sometimes you can you can overcoach lads like yeah. that and take what they're good at and you're trying to say, listen, we have him in a team because of his ability. How do we find a, a, an area for him to, to make that ability count for the team? So um no, he, he, he wasn't hard the thing with, with the, the three players I mentioned, they all had great attitudes. They all wanted to play and train. Mm. You know, and that and sometimes when you get talented players they a little bit low on that they end. Can frustrate of, you. Yeah, and you think, come on, but these all wanted it. and Wes was just saying that he just wanted to play. Wes was a street footballer, so he, he loved playing. Lee is a bit like that, just loves playing. Lee could be playing at Hamden or playing on the road. It wouldn't make a difference to him. It's, it's just it's the way he is, and he's just a good footballer. Johnny, Johnny McDonald made an interesting point after he was on there the last time, Dan. He was saying, he asked um, 
the lads he was coaching on a particular day, how many of them had a football at home. And roughly half of them didn't and half of them did. I thought it was very interesting. There were young lads like probably... What was he coaching at 15? Well, he's doing different. He's doing Belleville. He's I think doing he was at Belleville. Across the ages. I think they're very good footballers. We didn't have a yeah. football at home. But um, if you put Wezo into the game Friday night in Turner's Cross, <laughs> and I actually mean this, Jen, because it'll be frantic. How would he get on in that sort of madness? I love it. He, yeah. he, listen, that, that, the one thing with Wesley was that he, he didn't fear anything. And that's where good players come to the fore. You know, you're talking about going back to you, talking about Deportivo. Wes, it didn't phase Wes. Wes. Wes thought we were playing UCD or, you know, we just wanted the ball. He wanted to play. He wants to get on the ball. He, he, that's the type of... And he, he, that's where... He, and in fairness to Deportivo, particularly in the away leg, they knew that and they let him go on to, in certain areas and pounced on him. And that, mm. you know, that's where obviously good teams do as well. You know, but he, he would be brave and keep going back for it. And that's the difference with players like Wesley that if he loses it a couple of times, he's not going to go missing. He's brave as in brave... You know, and you can see him when he played. If Rory, you know, didn't share a tackle, didn't share his work right, but bravery on the ball you'd is like, a different thing. You'd like that in a player who doesn't get um, flustered when things are going against him. Like, and uh, Dan, our first poll, I think, way back was uh, the Shells team of that era versus the Dundalk team of 2016 in Europe. What was a better team? Oh, yeah, I'm always going to say the Shells team is obviously. Um, listen, I think the Shells team of that era was a fantastic side. I think if 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 the circumstances were different in Europe. They had, you know, we might have got to a, a Champions League group stage. I'm not saying we would have, but we got really close to it. You have to remember as well that that Deportivo team was in the semi-final the of the Champions before. League. Yeah, the there, was no, there was no Champions route then. No, That's the point. and Porto, was, yeah. Marino's Porto beat them. Um, you know, because I remember showing the, 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 the players the video, the DVD, and the only one we could get was the semi-final. So <laughs> it was a little bit scary saying, listen, this is who we're playing. But <laughs> in fairness, the players bought into it. But it's always hard to compare teams, uh, you know, even when you're playing to manage and it's difficult to compare because the game is evolving all the time and resources and everything have changed and pitches and you know so it's the two very very good teams the Dundalk team was you know two years ago got to the group stages of the Europa League was fantastic so it you know and, and that's where Stephen has to be given a lot of credit as well he's rebuilding that again which is difficult to do when you have a side where you lose a lot of players to go again you know, and and maybe losing it last year is getting them the hunger to come back even stronger. Yeah. Did, did you have to change how you played in Europe? I mean, I remember what was the Jason Byrne play right yeah. side in one of the games. Uh, maybe not the dog team. The argument that the that sometimes the way they play at home is how they try it, to play in Europe to to a point. It's funny. Yeah, yeah you talk to people about that in the Asia. You know, their part. The hardest game we had that year was Reykjavik because that was a game we had to win. That was a game we were expected to win because the year before we'd lost to Malta and it was the end of the war. I remember that. Alan yeah. Cawley always says he changed. Yeah, <laughs> Alan Cawley, Hibbs, wasn't it? Hibernian? Yeah, and, and oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. We went to Reykjavik. Alan Cawley always says he came yeah. on and changed the game The Hibbs game, game was there. the first match I covered as a paid journalist. Was that Shelburne? That was great. <laughs> that yeah. was, that it was, was It was. And the thing about that is you go into the Reykjavik game now that there's pressure on you. That's the game you've got to get a result in because from a few, you're expected to and then financially because you know what's going on, you need the money to keep everything taken over. And we went to Reykjavik and went 2-0 down um, and Alan Moore scored two goals for us and that was the big game. Came back and drew nil all in Tolka and an edgy night and, <laughs> you know, that's the one yeah. we did, boom, yeah. we're through. So after that, we were playing probably with a little bit more freedom. Hadjok split away. Great performance. Everybody talks about the performance of Hadjok at home but the performance away, even though we're 3-1 down going into late in the game and nicked the goal again, I think Morsey to make it 3-2. That was that was probably one of the better performances. Really, really good did, performance did in a real hostile atmosphere. Did Ollie get on to you after the Hibernians defeat and say you're under pressure here? No, the one thing with Ollie was he never interfered. The one thing yeah. with Ollie was I never plenty of arguments with him, but never never in relation to football. 
or a performance or a team. He would have his opinion, but it was never, never had that. Uh, he never had any, he never interfered in that side of it. He just wanted to make sure that whatever you, whatever you wanted, he, he tried his best to make sure it was there for him. And that's what the mantra I would have used with the players when I managed that, the clubs I've managed. Listen, we put everything in place, so there's no excuses. When you come in and don't perform, there's no blaming whatever on it. It's it's down to yourself and um, great times, absolutely brilliant times. I just, I mean, we're going to move on to, to look at this weekend's games, but just, are you heartened by developments at Shelburne? Things yeah. that are happening. Your your good friend Dave Henderson has gone in there, and there seems to be a bit of a, a mood shift around the club. I think you were there last night, weren't you? So. Yeah, I'm delighted with it because you know I, I have I spent ten years at Shells as a player and as a manager, and uh, when you spend that long, and obviously spent that length of time in in, in all these companies, it's uh, it's a club I do have great feeling for. I'm delighted to see that they're they're hopefully on the way back. You know, the people that have been there for a long period of time have kept the place going through very, very difficult times and have gradually, you know, got the club into a position where they're now in a situation where hopefully there's a takeover and that's gonna go through and the club can redevelop and, and build. Um and I'll be delighted to see that. And I think it, it you want them. I think everybody knows that they bring something to the table and they can get back to the level that they were at, well then it's fantastic for the game. Yeah, I felt that Friday night there was a really latent sense of like, is there still a club here that really has a lot to offer? Like, yeah, and even last night, League Cup game, there's there's a sense of... Community? Kind yeah, of but it, there's just a sense of probably relief. Mm. You know, maybe we have a chance now of getting back mm. to where we were because you still see the old faces, the same fans, loads of people there that have been through thick and thin with them. Um, and you just got that sense last night that there's good times to come, you know. And massive yeah. um, thanks to Jonathan Breach, the Shells fan, who saw me coming into the bar at halftime. There was a queue of about 40, and he asked me right up the bar, what would you like to drink? So I didn't, there was no way <laughs> at all. You, was that you trading off your status there or something? Uh, no, I know him, I know him actually through the horses. So, um, oh, okay. yeah, mutual friend Johnny Dunleavy, actually, it's turns oh, out. Oh, there you go. But, um, right, Dan, I'm not going to shirk responsibility either, because last week was terrible on the tips front for me. Um, very, very bad. I think I'd won right. Um, so you <laughs> I only were, got two Right, yeah, it was, it was tough. The, the Rovers Limerick game killer. We'll do better. Uh, and this week's fixtures. Let's start with. Uh, let me let me see. Where do we start? We won't start with the big game. Um, maybe that's a little bit too obvious. Let's start with. It's got to be Derry Shamrock Rovers. Why not? See, poor old Stephen Bradley. In the sense that you know you're looking for poor some young kind of re- Stephen Bradley. Poor young, yeah. You're yeah. looking for some respite, you know. But in a strange way, they possibly had that with Bray away at Limerick at home. You just thought, long for particularly, long. particularly Limerick at home. You just thought, well, this is the perfect game. You get your three points and you sort of regroup. You have a, okay, you had the League Cup game, but you have a bit of time to to relieve the pressure from yourself. And you, now you have Derry and Cork. Well, you know, it's funny, back. and you're in them positions. You, you, you know, you're looking at them games are probably difficult games because you know the confidence is a little bit low. And it you can know, only go wrong. Is yeah, there where you're that? thinking Rovers next three, I think are, I think they're away to Derry, away to Cork and home to Waterford. Home to Cork on Monday. Home is, to Cork yeah. and then Waterford at home. So if I'm in that position, you're thinking, okay, that's three wins where we can get ourselves back into it. Mm. You know, rather than being negative. You can take points off yeah, yeah. Else, you, suppose, you're playing yeah. the teams around you. You can gain a little bit of ground where you're going into Bray, you know, Limerick at home. You know that they're going to be difficult games because I was at the Bray game, didn't deserve to lose the game, Rovers, to be fair. By all accounts, they should have probably won the Limerick game. So little small margins, you know, and you, you, you're going into Derry, you know, you know that you're going to have to be at it. If you're not at it in the brandy well, particularly the way they've yeah. been playing this year, you know you're going to be in trouble. So sometimes you're thinking the better games are, are easier to manage to get the players up to it and know that, listen, if you don't perform today, you're going to get turned over. Where you mm. go to Bray or Limerick, you think, might get away but not getting mm. to the level I need to and win them so you know listen you you, you want you, you don't want to see any manager in trouble that's for certain um, 
And, you know, as a Rovers fan, I'd like to see them go there and get three points, obviously, yeah. on Friday. So it was good analysis in Soccer Republic of Burke. Um, he's great goal, but also he's tracking back. Left a fair bit to be desired in that Limerick yeah, game. Yeah, but it's strange, isn't it? The Rovers won the the earlier fixture this season 6-1 <laughs> you know it's sort of, the amount of changes like, yeah. how, how did this happen you know and, it's, and, and I, mean, I saw Derry on Friday in Dundalk and you know they were pretty depleted you know there no Patterson no Ronan Hale no McDermott uh, to the striker John Coffey up front who hadn't started a game yet and in fairness to them, like they dug in quite well. Like you would have questioned the team that concede six about yeah. their resilience. I think and, that's you know a valid point as well. Like Kenny Shields deserves a lot of credit because you know that hammering at, at Tala was was a hammering, obviously, and to come back. And I think I think he made a point recently that the the, the first game that he got back in the brandy, if they had been away again, yeah, instead of that game at home, it might have had a real effect on them if they'd been beaten again. So to get back there, get a win. Everybody gets that lift and they're, they're riding the crest of that wave, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, they actually did have the Limerick Bray double and they used it. Like They, they got the job done. And, and I we spoke a bit about this game last week, the Dundalk game, and it's the toughest game Derry had played in the schedule and would they pass the test? And I mean, they sort of did. Now, I mean, Patrick Cooper makes the point. There were spells in the first half hour where I was I was nearly going to send you a message going, this game is, this, this game's over, this game's done. And there was a couple of passages where Dundalk were really clicking, Benson getting forward, Duffy getting forward, Mountley, and you're thinking, they're back. And then, I think that's the little area yeah. with Dundalk at the moment isn't that when they're you know when they were dominating games probably previously they'd put the game to bed at yeah. the moment they're probably a little bit shy of putting teams to bed yeah. Know, yeah. maybe on the base they've lost a lot of goal scorers out of team over a period of time so maybe finding that little you know killer instinct yeah. will take a bit more time well, they, they, the challenge by Cleary was madness as well for yeah the he was, that was, that was but in fairness to Derry they scored straight after half time and you know Dundalk weren't unlucky like you know two all was a fair reflection of the second half in terms of mm. how, it, how it panned out can they win the league Derry I still don't think so. I mean, I still, I still think the depth that Dundalk yeah. and Cork has just leaves them that that bit ahead. Um, but again, like, do you be encouraged by how they did on Friday? Because it was a kind of game where you were, they, they could have easily sort of taken the taken the defeat. So, um, are they going term, to be rovers? In, ter- in, terms of, in terms of Friday, I sort of fancy them. Yeah, I do fancy them. Um, I'm not sure about the injury situation in terms of the players that they're going to get back or not. Um, but I mean, they're brilliant, brilliant at the brandy well. They're confident. Um, and just these late concessions for Rovers, you just worry, like, you know, and I think people have spoken about leadership in the group and on the pitch and managing games and managing situations. And ability-wise, they're good enough to compete in that game and get the result. But I just, it's hard to trust them. To I really think the one thing the at the moment done. with them is that they, they, there's no real experience at Rovers, you know, off the pitch. You know, Stephen's a young manager. Even the lads around him are young. Stephen McPhail, Glenn Cron, they're all young into the in, in relation to being in them situations. So they don't have major experience. That might be something that is hindering them at the moment where there's some with an older head in there might be able to help them and say listen just but what do you do, do, you, do you, would you have had games in your life where you're, you're struggling you're going through a bad patch and do you just go and try and kill the game a bit or you know you take a certain approach to the game that's I mean, dairy or free flowing that you have to compromise how you normally play or like what does that experience bring is it just I think a knowledge of situation yeah I think so I think it's like you say it's, it's being aware of what the situation you're in at the, at the time and like you say going to places where and it, 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 it's going back to what you have as a group, how you, how you can go to Brandywell. Do they go to Brandywell, go on the front foot and take their on, mm. toe to toe? They might have the players to do that, Rovers, in relation that you would look at them and think, can they defend great? Probably not. Mm. You know, sitting back mightn't be the best thing to might do with a Brandywell. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, having, you know, it's having the group and trying to find a way that suits them. But like I say, sometimes it can be easier going to them places knowing that the players need to, you know, you need to be on your, your metal here or else you're going to get really turned over. Home, home win for me. I, I'm... Probably going to go for a home win. Yeah. Pass. I'll go for a draw. Yeah, it could definitely be a draw. Um, in fairness, for Rovers turn up. 
Bray against Limerick is next on the list. We won't spend too long on this, but it is a very big game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a big game as the season goes on, I think. You know, when we get to the, the last stage of games, I mean, I mean Bray, I mean, Martin Russell has effectively gone in there. It's not sort of, you know... Can we say that? I mean, you know, he's, he's in the <laughs> well, dugout. Anyway. When is the manager not a manager? Um, so, so he's there. Um, it's, it's strange. I mean, I saw Limerick at home to them talking. They were really, really poor. But someone did say to me then there, you know, the, the atmosphere is so bad. There's real apathy and mood that someone did make the point it might be easier for them to play away from home at the moment. Just that the mood is bad there. And okay, they went to Tallinn. They might have been a bit fortunate, but they got the result. And going to this game, um, I don't know. Like, I'm not convinced that like Bray are, are completely back. They no. still have a lot of mm. work to do. I mean, they lost three 0 in Waterford last week yeah. after off the back of the bounce. I, you I've know? seen Bray a few times this year, and I don't think they're as bad as their league position. I think the players got to look at themselves as well. Big you time. Know, I don't think they've, yeah, they've done themselves any favors. So some good players there, and like I said, I have seen them because I've gone to watch a couple of the games for Alan in relation to Waterford playing them the next opposition. But I think. I've seen them against Rovers and the difference in how they approach the game, attitude to the game, and application to the game was massive. That can't happen. You know, as an individual, you've got to make sure that you, you, know, you, you perform to the level that you're capable of every week, no matter who's well, the they manager. they failed their manager. Like, yeah, they didn't I agree with you. I, I think, I think, and I don't think they're as bad. You look through their team and even talking to Rennie last week, they had two or three really good chances against Waterford before they went, uh, went ahead. Yeah. So I think, I think Bray will get, gradually get better over a period of time. Limerick, I haven't seen loads of, but I'd be a little bit concerned for Limerick at the moment. And yeah. if, because the one thing they would have been down there is together, going to the mark, back to the mark, that all lost seems to be unravelling yeah. a little bit, which is not good. And it's disappointing because when you look what Pat O'Sullivan has done down there, yeah. he's done a fantastic Absolutely. job. So, sympathy for Pat so you'd like yeah. to see that remain, you know, because again, it's a bit like Warford. If they're going well, it's a football city and they'll get behind it. I've huge sympathy for Johnny Wargs. He needs to go to Punchestown. Okay, so what's your Pat, prediction? Pat Finn is not on anymore. He's talking too much. <laughs> Sorry, um, but I'm We're talking go- too much. Sean. I'm going to go for a draw here, actually. I think Limerick might, it'll be tight. Limerick might nick a draw. Dan? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, we need to have different views, but I'm sort of leaning towards a draw as well. I think Bray, you know, Dundalk Rovers, they were good, but a big away crowd, and they sort of try. This is different. They have to lift themselves for this game. And, mm. uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure whether Aaron Green is back for, for Bray, but I'm going to go for a home but Bray win. I think Bray will yeah. be. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm stick with the draw. We'll, we'll have to go different on some of these other predictions, Johnny, or else we're just going to be. And, and and the beauty of this league is all there nearly every week now there's like five games that are very interesting. Pats and Bows is, is a fascinating game Friday night, Pat. Yeah, that could be that could be a game of beauty, in fairness to them, because yeah. they've they've got <laughs> and it shouldn't be me, so they've got small the two smallest teams in the league, but both of them play brilliant football, I have to be honest. I the, watched Pats. the football bows are playing at the Yeah, ball, and, and I watched so Pats against like. Dundalk in the League Cup and they were fantastic. Yeah. Didn't didn't play well in the second half, they were brilliant. Young Marky was fantastic and, and that's what I'm saying to about you as a player back Yeah, that's what I'm saying about that centre there should be really I'm going to go to, to Richmond it, like that area of the pitch when you look at the players that are in there some fantastic mm. players so it could be a real you have a we have it and he, see who scores the most goals game you know I don't think the defending will be a priority to, to both uh, that's a bit harsh now and Pats aren't defending badly no they are no, I'm, I'm just talking about the general yeah. play the way they like to play they, Simon Madden Birmingham want to get forward the midfielders all want to get in the ball um, prediction Yeah, prediction on that one I'm going to go with a draw with that one. I'm going to go with the draw as well. Draw. I'm 
just going to go for Pats to win this game, I have to say. One that we don't really have time to go into it again. I mean, that, that Sligo, some Pats game sounded like it was pretty poor, but a lot of complaints about the pitch in the showgrounds, which is really disappointing. Yeah, Liam Buckley was not, very good. It's not a place I would have associated with a, with a bad and pitch. The pitch has been very good for a long time. Consistently good, yeah. yeah. So that's just a bit of a worry, really. I, I don't know, was it weather related or whatever, but um, that's just a bit of a concern because it sounded like it really, it really took away from that game. Waterford Sligo? Yeah, I really like. I'm not saying it because Pat here. I think Waterford are pretty good. They they fought those suspensions and and getting Abora and Eri back is uh, significant. I love Abora. He's a terrific player. Um, I assume you were involved in recruiting some of these guys. Um, you've pulled out some interesting ones, and Casmi then steps up and scores too at the the weekend as well. Yeah, um, they're, they're good to watch. They are. Like I said, and, and in fairness, Alan, he's you know he he, he has them all in the team. The, the challenge for him now when Abora comes back keeping Kazmi in the team because they're, mm. they're all really really talented players but the home form is fantastic even last season this season their home form is and it's a difficult place to play you got you know 3,000 fans there and they're really really good get behind the team um, and you know they're playing some really good football as well pitch is fantastic down there suits what they have in yeah. relation to the team they've got a threat up front with Dufus and Akinati solid defensively with, with Brown and Webster and Fullbacks have changed a little bit over a period. Very good goalkeepers. Vigoroux has been brilliant since yeah. he's gone in there. Um, and that'll be a challenge for Alan when he does lose him, when he goes back to Swindon. But um, I watched a bit of the Sligo game in Cork and they, they did quite well. Sligo, I thought they, they, they stayed in the game. They, they played well. So I still fancy Waterford to beat them. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. I, I was Perfect at that game as well. Sligo, yeah. Sligo aren't too bad. They maybe they're, they're kind of reliant on Morgan, I think. Morgan mm. needs to score the chance he got against Pats, and particularly the header, how he missed that. But anyway, home win. I'm probably going to go for a home Waterford. win, yeah. I mean, I mean their home record is... is, is, is and uh, Waterford will look right at the next, this weekend, as a chance of maybe getting closer, back closer to Dundalk and Cork. Well, yeah. one they're of not the, easy fixtures. They've got Sligo home, Bowes away. They're two, both, they will think, with Cork playing Dundalk, Cork one playing both will drop yeah. points. I like, think, too, I mean, the worry for someone like Rovers is, Waterford are looking good, Derry are looking good, and I mean, talk about that European remit. I mean, well, it's, it's got it's a job far, to do to get in absolutely, there. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so the, the the board probably have to decide: Are we going to get Europe this season, or do we need to make a change? Here? So does that does that go back to the point that it takes? How long does it take mm-hmm. to progress a club? Yeah, yeah. you know, what I mean, the ton about projects and plans. Waterford is in. 12 months, 14 in, months and, one and challenging. Yeah, so that's that's a very valid point. You know, yeah. and it, it is it is it is like Derry, like you say, are playing well, Waterford are playing well, and that's where Rovers probably need to be in, in that bracket with the them. Bracket. Yeah. Uh right, that brings us on to um, Dock. Yeah. I wish we'd longer talk about this. Well, we've had two guests, I suppose, you know, but it, it's gonna be fascinating. I think you will get a response from Cork. I don't think they can I think they're really gonna fly out of the blocks and uh, the league game then there in October. Um when Cork actually had the really bad run and then they got the crowd in and the energy and they really like rattled on Doc and I think you're going to see a big start from them um, with their 7-0-3 formation well, no. <laughs> can they sustain it you know and like the, the team selection is fascinating like what players are they going to play in that sort of, front last four week. yeah I mean, do, I think Sadio will come back into the team. I'd imagine think, he, he yeah. played. He played during the week against Warford. Warford beat him in the League Cup, so yeah. um, you probably wouldn't want him to. Gannon play that is long. playing really, really well for the Dawks. Well, I think they'll be conscious of Gannon. How do we manage him? So whether that you know has an impact on Sadio? Gannon's having a great season. I think both Dundalk's fullbacks are fantastic. Massey and Gannon have been brilliant over a period of time, and they give them an attack and threat. They are fullbacks, but they give them a yeah. real attack and threat, and particularly when they play, whether it's McGrath narrow on one side, they're able to get a bit of width off their fullback. So. Um, it is it, it is set up for a cracking game and like you say good atmosphere Cork will know they didn't play well in, in Oriel and that will be sticking in the crawl but they'll want to perform um, Dundalk playing quite well at the moment I think Dundalk will get better as the season goes on and 
I think they might win the game on Friday. I think it'll be it'll yeah. be it'll be a difficult game. I think it'll be difficult for them to get down there and win it. But I think they've they've definitely got the capabilities of winning. Daniel McDonald, uh, I'm going to go for a draw. I mean, Stephen Kenny was very frustrated after the Derry game. There just there was something about their performance that just the application wasn't as sharp as it has been. They conceded twice and the defending wasn't good. And I just, I think Cork could watch that and take a lot of encouragement from that game. Whereas prior to that, the Dock were looking very very solid and Derry managed to sort of but right now Gannon and Massey were getting forward the second half they didn't really get forward at all and sometimes that's been the key when Cork played on Dock is to keep the full backs occupied and not allow them to get into the game and Dooley was good at doing that and you've got Shepard on well, the other side and they did that in order but the one Duffy caused them all sorts of problems mm. in order he was he was brilliant on the night and um, I think that's one thing they've got and, and, and young McGrath was very good on the night as well for them dog played in that inside position was brilliant you know so but it's a different game when you go to Turner's Cross as well yeah. you have five and a half six thousand Cork fans you know and it is a difficult you've got to go down there and start well you know, I think that's that'll be a, a real key to the game. If Cork start on a real high tempo and able to get lead with that crowd behind and where if Dundalk go and stifle that a little bit, you know, it can it can turn against them a little bit. So a very interesting game, but one to look forward to. I'll go for a draw, John. Uh I'm really looking forward to it and I think it's gonna be an away win. Nice. Um Cork are going into the game without really having tried to play football for quite some time now. And I can't forget how bad they were in Oriel. Let that go, John. Yeah, let that go. <laughs> if you want to bypass the midfield consistently, which they've done, Jimmy, Jimmy Cohan kind of half alluded to it as well. And Hoban talking, rather talking about the fact that they can get better is very interesting, Pat. I will. I said at yeah. the start, I think Dundalk will get better. I think they've a hell of a... I didn't realise it was that many. I think he said 12, did he, Patrick? So that's a lot of changes for Dundalk. And they've lost real quality in the team as well, don't forget. But they've got some real good players. Stevie O'Donnell coming back as well as a big plus to them. And the other side of it, Gartland hasn't played at all. You know, so does, he st- does he stick with the young lads? And it might be like I said, I didn't see the game on Friday. Are they getting to that stage? Which people are starting to work them out a little bit, and you know, and Garton's just such a a, a good defender Presence, for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think the one thing Cork will say is we can actually damage their defence here. I think because Cleary's still young and fallen. Well, he, I, I'd be very surprised if he played. I think it would be. I think Sean Hoare and Cleary are possibly the first right. choice too at yeah. the moment. Um, well, they're the two that played in the game up and on. They were very good on the night. You know, yeah. you know, didn't give Cummins a look in. They, and, and I think what both, particularly clearly, they want a physical battle. Yeah, they want that physical battle. So I think they're able to deal with that. It's the one that's on the ground with with Cleary and 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 Hoare as well. Can they deal with that one? So that's why I'd like to see McNamee in that little area off the striker to give them a different problem. Um, Graham Burke is at uh, eight goals. Hoobens at seven, and Cummins is at six. We're just going to have to learn that, Johnny. Like you have to learn. Michael Duffy is six goals. Michael Duffy is, and McInniff. The Michael Duffy's, Duffy's been having a great season. season. Yeah. He's been excellent. He struggled in the Cork games last year. He didn't yeah. play well in any of the Cork games last year. And McElhenney struggled a bit. And the big players this didn't perform in the now. big games. So with Horgan. Horgan will presumably be marking him. This will be a big, big test for Horgan now because he's kind of gotten in through the madness of. Um, the suspension that Speedy got for But he's for back Beatty, isn't he, for the weekend? He so is back. Does he stick or twist? That's that's, that's so many one, things like to selection-wise as well. well Patrick, do you go I'd for the old dogs like for this mm. game? I mean, that would be the temptation. Like I'd imagine someone like Mountie has a very good chance of playing for the dog as well. And to, you know, yeah, to, Griffin, Griffin attackively is a lot of a threat if, if Cork decide not to go long for 90 minutes. Um, Pat, it must nearly make you want to be back. Action. <laughs> Talking about all these selections. We've got loads of questions. We're just going to have to come back to them again. Yeah, I mean, just I have fans to of various clubs, some complimentary, a couple of dairy comments in there. You know, it's just... This uh, is, listen, this is the like I said, that's football, isn't it? You, you well travelled. good with it. Yeah, you get used to it. First yeah. division, Drogheda against Shells. Big, big game in, um, in Drogheda. Galway against Cove. 
UCD against Wexford, uh, Cabin Teeley against Athlone, and Longford against Finn Harps. So lots of interesting games there, actually. Um, very disappointed with Go United, I have to say, Dan, last Friday. I thought we were one of the worst performances I've ever seen from them, certainly in many, right. many years. Desperate stuff. A bit worrying. Hopefully things can improve against Cove. Oh, i got to mention Stephen Henderson as well. Call him one of his players for letting Twitter know that he wasn't available. He was injured last Saturday. <laughs> and Henderson replied, thanks for letting the world know, you genius. So the player announced that on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, I, goes, I can't play. Go to the I can't play tonight. <laughs> Henderson replied, thanks for letting everyone know, you genius. <laughs> and um, they actually ended up getting hockey in the game, as it turned out. Yeah. Anyway, that was a very enjoyable, uh, from my perspective, anyway, episode 11. Uh, Pat, it was great to have you on. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Punchdown winner. Oh, Sam Crow beat Mellon on Friday. I'm not sure. I've, I've, I haven't really looked at the card yet. I'll have a look at it and make a few phone calls and see what's 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 going well before yeah. you get down there. We could have a new he's friend. Gonna, he's not going to give it away like that, Cove lad. You know, come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. leave Harris that money in Gambit. He hasn't he hasn't made it by giving away tips and podcasts, Johnny. To be fair, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>